Hey, everybody, and welcome back to So the Story Is, the podcast. Uh, episode episode six? Episode yes. six. Episode six. Damn, that's um half a dozen, man. That's a milestone. Shouts out to us and to you if you're listening. Yeah, especially if you've listened to all six. Then, oh, uh, yeah. That's that's huge. I actually like if you have listened to all six of these, please reach out to us to get your reward because you're a real one, and you deserve such a thing. Exactly. Yeah, that's more than you could count on one hand worth of episodes. So, um. <laughs> for most people, at least. But uh, yeah, dude. So so tell me, you got uh, you got anything pressing on your mind this week? Well. Um, I was, I was inspired recently, um, by, I got the same question from a few friends, uh, you know, this week more than once and it kind of centered around, you know, we do this cooking section, the cooking challenge, uh, everybody's favorite part of the podcast at the end of this show. And we've kind of both obviously hinted at the fact that we enjoy cooking, but, we've never really unpacked that. And like, why, why is that even a part of this podcast? Um, mm-hmm. Which is otherwise just uh, basically a diary. And uh, so, yeah, I'll pose that the qu- the question that was posed to me. Um, we can start with that. I'll pose it to you. Do you, do you cook? <laughs> Yeah, dude, that's that's super interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, obviously, yes, I cook. Um, I I feel like I kind of have always been cooking. Um, my both of my parents cooked growing up, and uh, my dad especially was just like super super into it, very um, experimental with it, and kind of just turned me onto it, and. Um, yeah, I've been cooking for myself ever since. Basically, I was like super stoked to uh, to move out of the dorm sophomore year in college, start cooking. Kind of have tended to take over um, most of the kitchen space and houses that I've that I've lived in because I just tend to do more cooking, I think, than like the average person our age, or especially in college when there's like other options available, pretty easy. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say that I cook definitely. Um, I've also like worked in restaurants and, um, in like catering too in the back of the house. So I've done, I've like cooked, I'm not gonna, I don't want to say like perfect, like I'm not a professional cook, but like I have cooked professionally, I would say. Um, but yeah, I, to answer that first question, I would, yes, I cook. And would you, like, well, how would you respond to that? Well, so I was kind of conflicted, and I could hear a little bit of the conflict in your voice when you say, you know, you just told me about your, you told me kind of why you started to cook. And mm-hmm. and I think that's my initial reaction, too, of like, yeah, I, I do cook. I um you know, I tell a story uh, of that actually you are a character in 
where I say something along the lines of, you know, I had a friend once who, and I always enjoyed good food who doesn't, but uh, who really introduced me to the the novelty and complexity of food. And uh, once I realized that food could be so good, you know, I wanted to have a hand in it. And that's, you made me eat some ceviche one time. And uh, we were like teenagers doing something, but that's kind of my cooking Genesis story. Oh, really? Um, yeah, totally, dude. I forget where we were, but you ordered ceviche. I think we were out on one of those high school, let's like, you know, spend a little bit of our our job, our after school job money. Might even have been some kind of uh, double date situation. But yeah, dude, you made me eat some ceviche that I did not want to eat and it was delicious. And that sparked something that I'll never forget. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. But like, so again, that's like a story of like, when was the first time you started to appreciate food or when I, you know what I mean? And it skips over. The reason that people ask me that question are twofold. It's one is because either they do cook and they want to talk about it or because they don't cook, you know? And like, I guess, my next question to you would be, do you feel like you have to cook or what, what is your relationship with like the, do you, the pleasure of cooking versus the like utility of it kind of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's super interesting. Um, Cause I kind of, It's ah, it's funny, like that. Um, we're talking about this right now because, like, before we were we were just like catching up on like before the episode started, catching up on the week a little bit. And uh, one thing that I have like realized recently out here is that like I kind of I kind of like do have to cook in a way, dude. Um, I feel like for me, it's I think every person needs a creative outlet for sure. Um, and for me, like cooking is, is one of those outlets that I've practiced more than any other. And I, I have like more dexterity and proficiency in that than anything else. So I think I can, I can kind of be a little bit more creative in that. Even then I would say in like writing almost, wow. um, yeah, I just I feel like I have um I I kind of just like know what I'm doing well enough that like I can try wacky things and like ask questions and express thoughts that are like I don't know, that are just like interesting to me. And so in that sense, dude, like cooking for me over the past few years especially as I've like um gotten better at it, uh I I wouldn't say that I like have to, but it's definitely become like, it's definitely become something I really prioritize to, to make time for and like budget for a lot because I do feel that I really, um, again, maybe not need, but like, I really feel like I want to have that outlet. It's like anchors me in a lot of ways and just lets me like, I don't know, dude. I f- probably a big part of it is just like feel like I've 
am in charge of this shit and can do it pretty well. And that always like feels good when, you know, like the rest of our time, like at this age is kind of spent like answering to other people, you know, like I can, I can come home and like do some twisted shit to a piece of pork and it's like under my control. Um, yeah. So I, for me, it's like definitely like a creative outlet that I I don't know. I'm, I'm not so like, I don't, I guess I would say like I have to do it, but like not, you know, I'm not going to like go crazy if I don't cook, but I might, I don't know. That's a, it's an interesting question. What, how do you feel about it? Well, you know, chef is, is just the French word for boss. Uh, (laughs) in that, yeah, just to that point, I, I like that a lot. Um, yeah, I, also feel like it is something that I am comfortable enough with that I can kind of go by my instincts and, and I think that is like kind of, and that's not even that I'm like good enough or know enough techniques or am like have made enough recipes or, um, whatever, but that's just like my relationship with, with cooking is that like, it is something that I trust myself to do. And like, it is a learning experience as much as it is a productive one. Um, like obviously you want to make something delicious, but, uh, the process is also like important enough to me that I'm willing to take risks now and then. Um, I'm trying to think of, yeah, there have been some times in in college where I was not cooking a lot at all or <clears throat> I was just cooking like I was cooking infrequently or like just super basic cooking as a utility just to eat but right moving what that was a huge thing that I brought with me of like no matter what happens today in this new environment um, I can stop by the store on the way home I can get a few key ingredients and uh, make myself a nice warm dinner. And like, like you said, it it is creative, but for me, I almost feel like it's a craft too, you know, and, and a way to get my hands dirty. I, I wrote about that in one of, one of my things that's on our, so the story is page of just like, I, I really appreciate the physical aspect of it the you know cooking is fucking 3d um cooking is 40 you know you got the sixth sense of of the the flavor too if you really are uh trying to go there but yeah definitely that's that's an interesting uh point like i um that piece which is really great too and i i feel like i personally responded to it a lot because i've always i don't know dude like i we both had jobs where you like are doing some sort of physical labor and a lot of has been restaurant experience and i think like um i don't know there's something satisfying about that dude i think humans are are programmed to judge the success of their actions by things that that they've done with their hands right like it's very easy i get satisfied after i do a good job you know cleaning my apartment or doing the dishes because i can see 
that I've done these things with my hands and um, cooking is the same way, especially when there's this added element of, of like creativity that comes into it too. And you suddenly, it's like a playground, you know? Um, Cause you can't, you can just like do like wild, weird shit or like experiment and stuff. And it's all like right in your control, which is just, it's super fun. I don't know. I think, um, I think that aspect of cooking is like, I think that's why a lot of people do it, but you're right. Also a lot of people do it like for the pure utility of it as well, which, uh, I don't know. I always see it as a shame. And of course, like people have their reasons for it. You know, time is probably the biggest one. Like, I, I feel like I know a lot of folks who don't have time to, uh, you know, considering that they have other hobbies in their life that are like more important to them. I can see how cooking like falls by the wayside, you know, because if you do have like a million other things you really care about that you want to do and you're working like a nine to five or whatever, it can be difficult to, to like cook. Um, but I, I don't know. There's, there's such a visceral connection between cooking and eating and like being a human being that I think is really undeniable. I think if more people tapped into that, it would be, it'd be better, dude. It's like such a simple source of happiness for people to, to undertake is that like process of learning how to cook and learning how to have that connection with your food. I think if more people did it, um, I don't know, dude. It's just, I think it'd be better for our society in a lot of ways, which I know is taking that question held deep, but like, yeah, I, uh, I think like, I think it's definitely, um, something more, more people should try and do if they can for sure. Yeah. Like I, and, and I see that going two ways. Like there are, Again, a lot of people who don't, and you know, the people who tend to ask me, because I, it, you know, it's it's never unsolicited. It's always because I was talking about what I did. I always talk about what I made over the weekend. I try to make something nice every weekend, and um, when I'm talking about that as like something I did instead of some fun party or whatever, um, I get that question, and it, it usually is from people who don't don't enjoy cooking and. I reacted rudely one time. I was like, what? Yeah, dude, of course I like cook. What are you talking about? And um, a friend of mine was like, dude, I don't know what your problem is, but uh, I was just wondering, and I actually don't like to cook. Thanks for asking. And that was just it, you know? And so it's hard to judge too. And I, the other side of that for me is like, I do, I have a hard time talking it feels like some people are also a lot of people that I talk to when they try to cook, try to, try to be, you know, like you said, maybe people don't have time. So you make one thing on the weekend and you, you do enjoy cooking, but you're going for gold kind of in a way. And I talk to a lot of people like that who go try to make, and I found myself in that boat sometimes too, especially with the mole. Um, I made, but like, you really just get in the weeds, you get way over your head and you cook something you're not really ready to cook. And I think that's a big thing too, is like learning to respect that, like there are levels to this and, um, respecting the, 
the craft of it, you know. There's a lot of stuff that I just know I can't make it. Um, and I'll try it, but I almost know for certain it's not going to be very good. And so I probably will not be talking about it on Monday morning either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in a world where you don't have to cook, I think the most important part of it is definitely the pleasure, man. You know, the, yeah, the satisfaction that you're talking about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the utility of cooking, I, I would still say like, I don't know, dude, I, th- I still like, I, I truly believe that, um, no matter like what your budget is, cooking is probably like affordable to do, to take on as like a serious craft or hobby, you know? And like, um, yeah, the utility of it kind of goes out the window as soon as you start like taking it seriously. I think for most people I've talked to, I don't know anyone that like cooks all the time and like hates it, you know, Mm -hmm. but I guess for some people then like the utility is like the only thing. And then once, once they find like a way to not do it, they don't. But I think for most people do people, a lot of folks are surprised a at how easy it is to kind of get enough basic skills together to like start, you know, cooking stuff you actually want to eat. Cause like, I don't know. I think anyone that learns how to cook would be lying if they said for a long time, you're making things that are like kind of questionable, you know, totally. or like they're not like super fucking delicious or whatever. Um, and I, I dude, I still shit out those all the time, which we will talk about later. Um, but, but that being said, like for the most part, dude, people, take to it really quickly and are pleasantly surprised by what they're capable of just by like using their, their five senses and, and common knowledge, dude, and just kind of paying attention. And then from there, a lot of people really do like it becomes something important for them because it is such a cool thing to be able to do for yourself. And like, um, yeah, I, I think like, I feel like a lot of people, especially older people, um, like only cook for the utility. Um, but I feel like all younger people that are doing it right now that I know are kind of just into it for the craft of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would, I would give older folks a little bit of credit in that, like they're, there was probably, I mean, I don't know how, you know, fast food and all that, but like, I think there was definitely less maybe, uh, try not to make any sweeping statements, but I think probably there was less available like Insta food in whatever the many forms it exists in today. Um, I'm sure plenty of people with means could, could buy three meals a day, but like, I think that maybe people grew up with just home cooked meals and that's how it was. And, um, maybe they, they do it because they learned, but I also don't know a lot of like older people who cook 
either who who hate it you know um yeah definitely say like yeah I, I hate cooking no good cook like hates cooking you know right. except for maybe your your like classic like burnt out chef which is an interesting thing that i've noticed that like very few of the chefs i've worked with especially the the like chefs cook at home ever because they just like I don't know. They, you kind of, I think it's like, it's almost like, I'm trying to think of a good metaphor, but once you, you have like this huge, you're like at the top of your game and you have this huge laboratory to cook in, um, basically at like a crazy level and you have access to all these crazy ingredients and stuff, you can kind of do whatever and get paid for it. I think people like when you come home, you're just, it's like not the same, you know? And uh, it's like harder to to like push yourself, and, and I think that's like a lot of people say that's the problem of like doing what you love for a living is that it kind of ruins that for you. Um, but yeah, I I would agree, dude. Like most most people that I know that are older that are like good at cooking, like love it, and a lot of them that like really love it are also haven't lost that like. Cause I also know, I know a lot of people that love cooking that are good at it, but they only make like a hand, like if they have a repertoire you right? Know? and they just like do that all the time. Um, but yeah, the, the folks that I like look up to are the people that have been cooking for a long time and are really good at it and love it and are still super experimental and, uh, have a lot of fun with it too. You know, I think that's ideal if you can, you know, just maintain that, that fun with it for as, like as long as humanly possible, then I think you're doing good because that's something you can always do. And it's, yeah, it's just cool, man. And it like, I think part of the utility of it goes beyond, um, feeding yourself, right? Like if you can cook, dude, you immediately have a reason to bring people together. Yes. And that's like some of my favorite memories even if college are like cooking for people or having, you know, the fact that tacos are being made be a reason that suddenly there's a lot of people at the house or, you know, the day was that much more memorable. I just like enjoy that aspect of it a lot too. Um, and I think, yeah, I think there's utility in that too. Do you want to count that as like social utility, I guess? Absolutely. Yeah. The, the social spillovers are, are many. Um, and, I think just going back to the like professional chef thing, if, you know, if any listeners, if you have a chance, you meet someone who's, who's a cook in a restaurant or otherwise like getting paid to make food, um, you know, it's worth talking to them about it because you might get different answers than you think. And by, what I mean by that is that like the best cooking advice I've ever gotten from anyone, but like most often it comes from professional cooks or chefs um, has been philosophical in nature and not technical. And like, it's never like one time it was like, make sure your pan is ripping hot and that stuck with me forever. But <laughs> besides that, you know, it's always, you know, um, about like how they feel when they do something right or like when they're 
trying something new mm. and, and often it is uh, encouragement to like be experimental, like you're saying. Um, yeah. But even that's a social thing too, you know, when it's a people comparing notes on a, on a, uh, a skill or a, you know, a trade. Um, some of my, so one of my favorite things to talk about to anyone who'll, who'll listen, you know, which is why part of the reason we do this every week. Um, yeah, we do totally. that. But, um, but yeah, going back to the social thing, I mean, a, a table can be a lot of things, but when it's a place to eat, you know, it's uh, just that much more beautiful. I know that's corny, but like. It's true, dude. It's true. Yeah, it's very true. And it's also like, um, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, the older I get and the more I cook, the more I can appreciate like how much love went into a lot of the meals that I've eaten in my life. You know, like, um, I don't know, just if you really think about like Thanksgiving and like the holidays in general where everyone is cooking and everyone's doing that, that's like expressions of love in a way, you know, everyone's making their like one thing that they do that they know everyone loves. They think everyone loves. Those are different. (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, it doesn't matter because what is important is that they're trying to express the fact that like. I don't know. They care about everyone around that table, like you said. And it's just one really cool way to express it that like, I don't know, dude, it, I definitely feel ignorant for like, as a kid, just not that I wasn't paying attention to how everything was made, but I was just like, Oh, people are cooking food, but it's like way more than that, you know? And like, I wait every, every year to have certain dishes for my relatives. And like, they know that, me and like other people are waiting and so they they do it man they fucking they make it every year and that's like i don't know that's that's like really special and uh yeah i don't know dude i just like growing up my um you know on my birthdays my my parents would always like just like ask me like a week in advance like oh what do you want to eat and i like I, I don't know. I got, I got like really not like jaded by that, but I didn't realize like how fucking cool that was that they did that, you know? And like they were excited to do that. And, um, yeah, it's def- like, I find myself doing that now too, you know, like for people, um, or just even for myself sometimes, bro. Like if you have like a hella shitty day and you're like, you know what today I'm going to, I'm going to like go all out. I'm going to buy like a nice ribeye or something like that and do it right. You know? And, uh, uh, there's just the process of thinking about where this food is going to end up after you make it. And like using that as, as kind of motivation to add that much more into it just makes it more special and really cool. And, um, I think cooking really opens up, that perspective of what sharing food and breaking bread with people adds adds basically is just, it's like a way of expressing affection and love. 
Which, yeah, again, super corny, but like, fuck it, bro. It's I think that's very true. A hundred percent, man. Yeah, I can definitely, I have to admit to uh, similar behavior in that, you know, uh, I took it big time for granted that my parents made me, made me, uh, you know, allowed us to like gather for dinner four times, you know, however many times a week it was. Um, Cause that meant that mostly my mom was, you know, going to town on, on dinner and making sure that there was stuff for four people to eat. That's a lot of food, you know? And, uh, yeah. And yeah. And it was always good in retrospect. I love it now, you know, so I can't imagine it was different. I don't know. Um, jaded is a good word, but you know, it's interesting. Cause like people, everyone has their own relationship with food. Like everyone has to eat. Um, but, and like you said, the holidays are a great time of, uh, you know, gathering and, and eating as part of this celebration many times, but, um, or like even not eating and then eating later in some cultures. But I think, you know, I've been reading a few books about cooking. That was something that also, uh, has been interesting. That was part of my embracing, like that, you know, this is something I enjoy, but it's way bigger than me. And uh, there's some really smart people who have thought a lot about this. So I, you know, I've been trying to read about it too, to some extent. And like, that has really opened the door to the fact that other cultures, a lot of other cultures are way more uh, serious about the communal eating thing. And that has, you know, is maintained where it can be here in this country, but, um, there is, it is, it's easy to like eat alone, you know, it's easy to, um, not, you know, especially when you don't have to cook, cooking for yourself is, is one thing because especially if you enjoy it, but, uh, again, in a world where you don't have to cook, you also don't have to invite anyone else over for dinner or like, you can eat. Uh, why eat at the table when you can eat on the couch? And um, that's yeah. that's getting away from our cooking conversation. But uh, what you know, cooking is is as much about cooking as it is eating, which I think is the point we've been getting into here. And your relationship with eating, I think, um, like thinking about them together can also inform your culinary philosophy. I don't know. Cause cooking as a team, not only yeah. eating together, but like cooking together with someone um, can, those are, have been some of my most rewarding experiences, especially when you get it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, that's yeah. I it's, it's funny you bring that up, dude. Cause I've been thinking about like, I have, like, the, mm, how do I say this without being hell weird about it? But, like, food to me is, like, a very romantic thing. It, like, very romantic, dude. To the point where I have, I have felt the same sort of tingling excitement from, either eating something or cooking it or seeing 
you know, some aspect of a dish or appreciate it, the same feeling that I've gotten, you know, from having a pretty girl smile at me straight up. Like I have had experiences where I'm just like, you get that same like dumb, jittery, like elated feeling in you. And yeah, being able to like sharing that with someone is, is like, I don't know, pretty powerful from a romantic standpoint. I think I love cooking for people, especially, um, you know, more intimate partners. Ladies. <laughs> yeah. For the ladies. Um, yeah, dude, girl. I feel like everyone's always like, Oh, like girls love guys who cook. Dude, people, all people love any other person. Yes. <laughs> like you don't even have to gender the shit, learn how to cook and you will, you will get play like for sure. No matter what you're looking for. That's, that's just like a fact. Um, yeah, I feel you, dude. That it's like a very fun experience, and it's also like, um, you know, I've experienced this more. I've kind of more seen this than experienced it myself. But like watching two cooks who like actually really know what they're doing in a restaurant setting collaborate to to come up with a new dish, or just watching them in sync with each other. It's like such a beautiful thing, dude. It's really like a, it's like a, I don't know, dude. It's just, it's a beautiful human experience to witness two creative people, um, you know, practicing something they're really good at and having to work off of each other's ideas and incorporate them. It's, it's just like a really amazing thing to see. Totally. Um, so yeah, I think that my point is that that experience can be shared um, in many, many ways. And I think all of them are really beautiful and cool. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Um, I think that is a great note to transition into the uh, results of our cooking challenge, if you're into that. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm cool. ready. I'm ready. Let's all discuss. Right. So I... I tasked you. I want to start with you because, um, yeah, I have to say, first of all, shouts out to your um, people that follow us on Instagram will know. Last week I challenged Alex to cook gazpacho and uh, look beautiful, man. That was like, that's the coolest plate up we've had on So the Story Is. It was like super, super dope. I love the, uh, looks like you got some like cucumber curl action up in there. Yeah. Yeah, that, right? dude, totally. Um, well, yeah, really. I appreciate weird. that. Yeah, we we went we went Western European this week without even trying to. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I I would beg to differ and say that your plating, uh, the photography and the dish looked, you know, stunning. But um, but I'll take it. And yeah, so okay, I made gazpacho, which, dude, I didn't realize. Maybe listeners will also. Uh, this will be news to them, but like, there's no cooking involved. Yeah, I didn't use any heat. Um, yeah, it's a raw, raw, raw soup. It was fucking crazy. You yeah. knew that, okay? So, um, so I got yeah, I got a couple. I got the ripest, most ripe uh, tomatoes I could get. I got a cucumber. I got a shallot. Um, garlic clove. Mm. I needed, 
I swear to God, dude, the more I cook, the more vinegars I get. And I have probably like four kinds right now. And I had to get red wine vinegar. <laughs> that's that's fine. Yeah, dude. totally. Um, the distilled vinegar, that's a whole nother thing. But yes, so I got the vinegar and um, and then, yeah, just some olive oil. And literally put it in this little like tiny ass little blender I have. And um, just blended it. Just blended it all together and in the right ratios. You peel the you peel the cucumber and the oil the amount of oil you put in is really what makes it um, is the make or break because obviously it can be way too oily and nasty or it can be um, it can like break if you don't get the get enough in there. Um, yeah, which is you hate yeah, to definitely. see that. So it was good, man. Yeah, dude. It was, How was, I, it? was it? It was pretty good. I would probably put half a shallot. I, it was like pretty shallot-y. Um, but the, the after notes, like the the tomato certainly shined through. I got some tasty ones. I think that's the key is getting the like most delicious ripe tomato you can find that's basically like falling apart when you pick it up. Because... Um, yeah, if it had been one of those nasty, crunchy ones. I mean, that's for true for ingredients across the board. But, um, dude, I, I will, like, make it again soon. I might make it often. I'll probably make more of it next time. Um, yeah, dude. It was a, awesome. That was a great idea. Super easy. You know, you drizzle a little bit of olive oil on top when you're ready to go. Um, I might try it with different yeah. vinegars. Uh, you know, the red wine is, like, clearly gives it a certain punch. Um, and yeah, you get home and while you're working on cooking dinner or warming up, whatever you got, um, first thing I did this week every day is pour myself a small glass of gazpacho from the fridge and fucking smack it. It was a great idea, dude. Very cool. Oh, a small glass, dude. Yeah. That's, that's what I like. Gazpacho's this gazpacho to me is just hella cool. Like if that's even the right word, it's just like a cool idea and like thing. And I like that it, like you said, it's like, like I've, whenever I've had gazpacho in restaurants, it's always like a, like in a shot glass or something like wild like that, you know? And like, I don't know. It's just like kind of like mysterious and, um, it can be like super potent too, you know? Like it's not like chicken noodle soup where you just want a big ass bowl of it. It's like, Oh Mm, this is uh intriguing like this is uh it's a, it's a lot about the flavor and the texture is important too but the flavor of it, it to me has always been like it's just really intense and like kind of yeah i i love gazpacho i'm happy you uh you took that on dude although i realized like in retrospect bro like you know tomatoes are not in season at all and that was kind of foul to like choose a dish that's super reliant on like the quality of that like i kind of realized that a little too late but uh yeah i think as the season goes on dude once as we move closer and closer to summer like you can just you have more access to to different tomatoes with different flavors and they're all going to be better so yeah you should definitely keep doing that i'm sure it's just going to get yeah better dude time. a nice heirloom tomato that's like got streaks and is fucking yellow and green and red mm. Um, yeah. dude, yeah. And gazpacho, I haven't had it in a while. I do like it a lot. 
so it's not because I don't like it that I haven't had it. But um, when I was I was in France last summer and like people out there had it in their fridge like it was orange juice. Like like everybody oh, had a carton of red and green gazpacho and would Ooh. you would have a little bit like on your you know like before dinner or you would have it in the morning or yeah. fucking whatever dude it was like that was like when i had to fill up a fridge with like when i was out there it you that was one of the, the first items that you would pick up to put every yeah like in this area and i don't know if that was just the people i was with or what but uh it was nice to revisit it because it brought those memories yeah. back too good that's good dude yeah hell yeah yeah gazpacho is is like super fire and talk about something like gazpacho is not really that i think it's probably difficult with any dish to make it like amazing but it's not like super hard to make a good gazpacho you know what i mean and it's one of those things it's like if you just like are making dinner for people and you just like Right before everyone's like gathering, sit down, and you're just like, oh yeah, I like whipped up some gazpacho too. And just like send <laughs> yeah. out a round of shots of gazpacho. People are like, what the fuck? Like, what? So yeah, definitely a good one to have in the back pocket. Totally, dude. So yeah, keeping with the theme, I challenged you to uh, a ratatouille, which is um, veg. I've actually never made that. Uh, it's vegetables. Uh, tell us yeah. how that went. So I, uh, not, not like super great, to be honest. Um, I kind of, it was good. It, it, it turned out good. Um, but it wasn't as good as I wanted. I basically what I did was just go to the store and I think I got like onions, tomatoes, um, a few different squashes and eggplants a uh, head of garlic, some basil, and I'm trying to think what else. I think that might be it. Um, oh, and bell peppers too, which like I was supposed to get sweet peppers, I think, but like they didn't really have any. So I figured I'd just do a more like California style ratatouille. So I threw some bell peppers in there. And basically all you do for this, for the recipe that I kind of concocted was just like, saute everything in the same pan but at different times so that it like cooks to this, the right consistency and um i think the only thing i added was like oil salt and pepper and like some chili flakes and um i added a little bit of anchovy paste too just because i happen to have a tube of it because my dad sent it to me because he's a nut <laughs> and uh it, that actually like came through a lot and was really fire, but it was cool, dude. I like it tasted good. Wasn't like amazingly flavorful. Um, and I think like, I think I might've overcooked some things and undercooked others, but at the end of the day, like it turned out really good. And I will say that the next day, cause I made enough for probably like six to eight servings. And, uh, the next day after marinating my fridge, dude, it oh, was wow. like twice as good for sure. And each successive day, I think the flavors really like married together a lot more and uh, kind of congealed in their own juices a little bit. And um, 
yeah, it it was it was it's smacking. I still have it in my fridge. I actually froze some of it. Um but uh but yeah, dude, I was I was definitely like pleased with the way it came out at the end of the day, even though I would have probably probably like I don't know, the bell peppers kind of like didn't really go in that well. I didn't think that was kind of a stupid thing, but I really want to get like another color in because Ratatouille, of course, is like really colorful. And also like, I think really like traditional French Ratatouilles are baked and they have like, people do some really elaborate getups for them, which it would have been fun to do. But I, I don't think I've had enough Ratatouille to like understand the flavor profiles of it and stuff. So I kind of wanted to just do something easy to start out and kind of nice to only have to use one pan too. Um, so yeah, it was, it was cracking. I definitely like in terms of a dish that's pretty easy to make super healthy, like relatively cheap, if you can get cheap produce and last well over time, like this was a slot dude. Like I'll definitely be making this again. And it's been nice to just like, I got some, I texted you earlier, dude. I went crazy on these chicken legs I bought like at a ridiculous deal. (laughs) So I've been, I've been like roasting one or two of those up per night and having it over the ratatouille. It's been pretty, pretty nice. You said you got 10 pounds of, of legs. Dude. Okay. I went back and read the label. It was (laughs) 8.9, 8.9 pounds for like four dollars and seventeen cents. Crazy, crazy, dude. But today, when I was cooking them, I realized like, why they leave hella like, kind of like guts <laughs> attached. Still, like it's not clean very well, and like they leave on like a lot of the the spine, the back of the chicken, uh, which like, you know, if you're making a stew, that's cool. But like, it just it's not like. Uh, no one wants to eat that. So I don't know why they didn't take that off. Maybe they're just keeping it on there to like add more weight to make it cost more. Although it was so cheap. And also there was like hella like feathers in it still <laughs> kind of that I had to like Where did you out. get this dude? But I got it at this place in Brooklyn called a Bazaar Food Market, I think. This like chain of grocery stores that just is hella cheap and okay. pretty fire. Um <laughs> But yeah, dude, it was it was like I was like looking today in the pan. I was like, like, bro, these are feathers. <laughs> like, I thought it was just like, I thought it was like garlic peel that had like washed up on the side. I was looking. I was like, no, bro, these are like. I was like looking online. Like, can I eat like little chicken feathers, or should I like? How do I? What do I do with these? So I just cut. I just cut them out. God bless you, like, man. man. Yeah, dude. Uh, out you sure you didn't get them from uh, it might be pigeon.com? <laughs> Very likely <laughs> pigeon.com. Bro, they have they have pigeons like in a big ass city, bro. They have pigeons that are big enough to like like I would love to like someone's probably thought about can we eat pigeons? People probably eat pigeons. I know people eat pigeons, <laughs> but like when's the la- when's the last time we had a serious conversation about eating street pigeon yeah i mean dude the way the way fine dining is going i don't think it's out of the question dude if you had 
if you had like 10 square feet of backyard somewhere in fucking Brooklyn and you could get a little coop in there and start raising like, I don't know, dude, maybe you just like feed them like not trash because they literally other pigeons that can't be right if to eat, if they're just eating trash all day. But like if you could control that, dude, you could get those birds pretty fat. And I wonder like, I think pigeon used to be a delicacy and probably still is in a lot of places. But I wonder, like street pigeon. What's the deal, dude? Because that would that would make, you know, putting putting some protein <laughs> on the table every night a little bit easier. Especially the pigeons that like are just so socialized, you, you can literally them like up, kick yeah. them, and they don't they don't. You just pick them up, and they're like, "All right, <laughs> yeah, dude." I have a few comments on that. Number one is that these pigeons, the street pigeons, what they probably have over the. Uh, pigeons of of old are that uh you know they're probably pretty evolutionarily advanced you know they're the fittest of the fit you know it's a big bad you know big bad world in the big city um and then you yeah. know of course everything is a delicacy somewhere i i feel um it's so <laughs> and recently yeah. all right uh, another point uh some experience an anecdote is that uh, I was at a restaurant and they were serving up quail. And I was like, all right, dude, like definitely we'll try that. And um, this fucking bird leg was so small, I could eat the whole thing, put the whole thing in my mouth at once if I wanted to. But uh, it was so delicate and delicious. And so I feel like why? how could a pigeon not have some – some some hidden characteristics that we've just discounted, you know. Yeah, definitely, dude. Um, I might have to club a street pigeon, dude, and just see. At least, like, <laughs> cut it open and see, like, what the deal is. Little There's pigeon no or anything. Have you ever heard of? Uh... <laughs> oh God, dude, that's that would literally just be like, like foie gras <laughs> cigarette butts, and like. And like pizza scraps, essentially, you know, <laughs> but Hey, maybe it's good, dude. I like both of those things separately, but, uh, have you ever heard of, uh, the Ortolan bird or like Ortolan bunting? I just looked it up on Wikipedia, but it's like this tiny little pigeon esque, more like a sparrow or something, but like, it's a tiny little bird that in France, they like had this gnarly way to eat it where you like cook it whole. And then, like, to eat it, you have to, like, put your head under a napkin and just, like, bite the head off and all this crazy shit, dude. Ortolans, could France's cruelest food be back on the market? Wait. Cruelest. Uh, you bite it off while it's alive? Okay, ne- never mind. You don't eat the head. You hold on to the head and bite the teeth and then like rip the head off i well yeah, it's i don't know dude I'm all, yeah this is crazy shit but i'm reading that so the towel i i think i heard about this on a podcast because they were just like debating like what the towel was for because like a, a lot of people thought it was just like oh it's to you know keep all the good shit in and have it be like a very intense experience where 
none of the aroma is getting out and you're like all you're thinking about is eating this bird but then other people were just like it had some philosophical religious aspect of you know like shielding the act that you're committing from from like god i guess whoa which is gnarly. A lot of things I'd like to shield from uh, from God. Should carry one of these napkins around with me. Yeah. All right, dude. <laughs> dude all right, I think real. I found the kicker. <sighs> Traditionally in France, the fattened little birds are drowned in a vat of Armagnac, managing to snuff out their life and marinate them uh, at the same time. French chefs argue that it is quote not a very bad way to die unquote. <laughs> dude i was gonna say like yeah that's gnarly but like if i had to die you know a violent death drowning in a nice liquor uh shit man better than than drowning in something else i guess maybe not a boiling vat of it though that kind of sucks yeah dude but yeah if we don't want to get we don't want to get PETA all riled up about this. Uh, yeah, for the record, I'm, I don't know how I feel about this practice. I'd have to know more about it. But uh, yeah, so your challenge for this week is um, boil, a, boil an, a street pigeon in, in some taka and uh, let me know how that taka comes vodka. out. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, but I will I will give hand you your, your – uh, Sure. Your challenge for this week, dude, which is I, w- I want to have it be kind of a um, a correction from last week. So instead of giving you something that relies on an out-of-season ingredient, I want you to go to a farmer's market this weekend and go find out from someone that's selling produce – like what is the best thing you have here buy it and then make a dish around it absolutely dude i will i will happily accept that challenge it's a great excuse i've been really meaning to get out to some of these farmers markets um of which there are a few and yeah gladly accept it dude i'll get out there and whip some up um nice dude yeah see that's the spirit of it that's that's a that's a process challenge i like that yeah, that's that's like there's like learning involved and getting to know your community involved and um honestly probably like some really good food is gonna come out of that too, which is the most important thing. Yeah, dude. Mm. I will uh I wonder, I don't even know. That's kind of a shame, dude, that I couldn't I can't name what's in season right now because there's always everything at the grocery store. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a uh, one of the consequences of our modern food system is that like, yeah, we don't we don't have to think about that ever, dude. And also, we've gotten used to eating out of season foods that are just like made in season by processes that like rob them of their nutrients and deliciousness, which dude, fucking sucks. One hundred percent. That is like. Yeah, you start reading some of these uh you start talking to people who really know what they're talking about with with vegetables and uh 
you learn that the corn you're eating is not really barely even a piece of corn because uh yeah yeah it's fucking not in season dude and real corn is to die for <laughs> real corn man right. hashtag real corn yeah dude those, and yeah those like people at the farmer's market that like really know uh, farmers bro farmers they like they'll get like real fired up about it too you know if you just like engage with them and they're like yo tell me like what you do what's what's like popping right now they get super amped so i i've always had like good experiences doing shit like that you might even get some free yeah, shit. Yeah, hell dude. yeah. That if they toss a me a too. thing of fucking strawberries or like a squash. Hell yeah. Great, dude. Great yeah. challenge. Um, all right. So mm. I am kind of now embarrassed by this one, but I think you'll still have some fun with it. It's a little lighter. It's not so uh, process intensive. Um, but I was okay. thinking real hard. I always, when I make food, I... Um, I'm a condiment guy. I love condiments. And so I'd like you to make mm-hmm. a, they're not always as easy to make as you think. Make, make a condiment like an, um, an aioli or a, uh, you know, an infused butter, some kind of emulsion, make an emulsion. Um, yeah, of, of, you know, flavors of your choosing. There's some common ones out there. But, uh, yeah, getting down and dirty, mixing, uh, mixing oils, I think. Yeah. I like that a lot, dude. I like that a lot. Yeah. That's, I admittedly have very little experience with that. So that's a great, and I will clarify and I'm sure, you know, but just clarify to the listeners. I don't mean mix sriracha with mayonnaise uh the yeah the, no, no you know no. dear listeners that is a not a bad trick but um it's barely cooking yeah yeah that an emulsion is like sdm your dude yeah next to i mean i guess like would you consider I think all to be a type of emulsion all pan sauces are like emulsions yeah sauce? i was reading up on it a little earlier uh, yeah, but like make a cold one. You okay. Know? Yeah, yeah, no, I totally get it. I was just curious because like that's the closest I've come, and I've it's fucking yeah. hard, bro, not to break that shit. Honestly, that's not easy. Takes a lot of patience and like damn near practice. So yeah, I might have to fucking try a few times to get it right. But yeah, I'm super and down I think the that, product dude. could be. Again, rediscovering what is otherwise a pretty common uh, part of your diet in the same way that finding a fresh vegetable might, you know, if you can, who knows, dude, who knows what uh, your grandma's mayonnaise tasted like or mustard even or, uh, or what, you know, what honey butter tasted like 50 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll say you try and <laughs> yeah. find all those questions out, dude. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you guys know next week. Um, but yeah, that's that's awesome, dude. I really like that. And um, 
yeah, that'll be super fun. I'll definitely like, I'll try and maybe we'll have that Instagram post be like a little more like instructional or something. Cause, uh, maybe I'll make something that's like pretty common that you would usually buy, but just show that you can make it hella easily or maybe not easily, but like you can make it and it's hella good at your house or something like that. Cool. Yeah. So that's no, a great dude, one. Dude. I, would, I would love, uh, yeah, some instruction as well. I tried to make a mayonnaise one time that, um, fell a little bit flat. So I'm, I'm excited. You're the pro here. So go forth. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens, dude, but that's definitely, a. Yeah, fuck. I'm uh I'm sweating a little bit. But yeah, uh good good sweat. Good sweat. Cool, man. Well that sounds like uh we got yeah, our work I think cut so. out for us. Um so yeah, in case you guys didn't know, uh we both enjoy cooking. This has been So the Story Is the Podcast. Uh and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Yeah, I'll see you guys later. See you later, Torp.